Hello there, and welcome to our podcast, Conversations in Noosa. My name is John Caruso. The story behind the Fry family food business is remarkable. From modest beginnings in South Africa, where Tammy Fry's father worked as a goat and pig farmer, to an organisation now based at Sunshine Beach, Queensland, that supplies vegan food to outlets all over the world. In this podcast, Tammy and I talk about diet, fasting and the effect it has on your body. There's the husband who was a hunter who is now a vegetarian. We talk about the carjacking that Tammy survived, teaching women all about self-defence and where to next for the family business. I started the pod by asking Tammy what her purpose for getting out of bed each day is. I guess um, I've got a very clear purpose actually. I'm one of the lucky few that's discovered it um for me it's about changing the world through the way people eat and um and not only changing the world but changing people through the way they eat so um i'm very passionate about plant-based living and that i guess has become my my life's purpose and where did that come from what what was the catalyst for that i did read your your biography and i thought the, the opening line was very interesting you said you were born a vegan even though your dad was an animal farmer yeah, so, so he. What um, did you mean by that? When I was born, I was born to a goat farmer father. I grew up with the farm animals, so for me, it was just those to me were like my dogs or cats, you know. So I just I could never eat them. It was just one of those things. So I never ever had that compartmentalization of different animals. So you know, well, you wouldn't eat a dog and you wouldn't eat a dolphin, but you would eat a cow. So for me, that was always clear. They were always equal. I always saw them to be equal. I chose not to eat meat from the time I knew, you know, that a drumstick wasn't used to play the drums and that it actually came off a chicken's body. And um, and that was it for me. I mean, that was... And then I, I said about trying to change my father and then change my husband <laughs> and then change, you know, help other people, not change them. So your husband but, wasn't a vegan when you met him? No, he was a professional hunter. Wow. <laughs> He was. And a professional athlete, a professional rugby player. He yeah. played for, um, you know, some of the top teams in South Africa, captained the junior Springboks, um, and his family were involved in a hunting in the hunting industry. What was the compatibility then? I mean, because that Sport. would be... Sport. Sport, right, health, okay. Wellness. Physical, fitness, and, and, and health. Sure. That's it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because that would be very difficult. I mean, I don't know if you were on a dating website and you saw someone was a vegan... Who, who had the, the philosophy that you have, Tammy, and they went, well, I don't know if I could spend my <laughs> So uh, I wanted you know, to know how that came about. I guess, I guess I, again, I, again, I, I saw if somebody, if somebody was going to shoot an animal and then eat it, it would be no different than buying it from a supermarket. So it was like dating an everyday meat eater. And in South Africa, there weren't too many in the pool to choose from of men that were vegans. So <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I couldn't be too picky. But then um, they say you shouldn't change your partner. And I, I, guess, True. I guess I said about trying to do exactly that. Yeah. And was it an easy conversion? Um, you know, he, he was, he's always been an athlete. So um, at that time, he had started CrossFit, um, which is a big passion of his. And I said to him, you know, why don't you give it a go for a month and see how you feel? Um, and he said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'm pretty sure I won't enjoy it, but anyway. Yeah. Um, and I really tried my hardest to make 
really great tasting food for the month. I was, you know, making sure that the protein was really good. Um, and thank thank goodness for fries, obviously, our, our business. We make plant-based foods, which are very high in protein. And I, I think he didn't miss it. Um, and then he went out with his friends um, to a, a barbecue and ate meat after the month and got really, really sick from that. So... He he just you know he never announced it he never said oh no, he didn't make I've a, stopped he didn't put it on social media no 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 <laughs> he doesn't have um, an anniversary or anything like that um, it was just it was just for him I guess a transition yeah and uh, you know he he he's still vegetarian um, you know all of the time but yeah. he's not vegan let's rewind what do you remember the most about your early childhood growing up in South Africa and where was that exactly. I grew up in the in KwaZulu Natal, which is um, uh, on the east coast, much like Noosa, actually, very similar climate, um, just inland a little bit on a farm in Cato Ridge, which is very rural. It was a very humble start to life, and um, we lived in a probably you know six meter by six meter house with no partitioning walls. There was a shower in the one corner. A fireplace in the other corner and the bed in the center. It was that sort of start. It was very no running. Modest. Very modest. Yeah. There was no running water. My folks fetched that from the river, you know, big jugs or yeah. um big family, containers. small family, siblings. I've got two siblings. Yeah. Two younger sisters. They're also here. Um the one lives in Sunshine Beach and the other one's at Paragian. We all moved, all, all twelve of us yeah. in one go. So yeah, that was our start. And then um, you know, my dad left the goat farming trade. And he went into construction, started building, building houses, factories, and he he ended up building a piggery, which was, I guess, the start of his epiphany. When he when he saw the piggery that he had built, actually, um, doing the job it was meant to do, that was his day that he that he turned vegetarian and started making plant based meats in our kitchen at home, like in our kitchen. When I say we used a Kenwood chef, we used, yeah. you know, a cappuccino machine to make steam and a ruler to measure out sausages. I, I get and confused when you use the term plant-based meats. Yeah. So what does that mean? We make replacements for meat. Yeah. So that people wanting to make the transition away from eating animal products can do so easily without struggling to get protein, iron, B12, because these products contain all of that, um, but and still get the protein, you know, high protein. In fact, our product is higher in protein than most meats. So it allows you to transition. It allows you to eat the food you always used to eat. You know, think of lasagnas or standing at a barbecue with a burger on the barbecue, hot dogs for the kids. You know, you can still do all of that, but do it without consuming animal products so that's what we do as a family and where did you how did you get involved your dad had you mentioned it was somewhat of, 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 of an epiphany and then was he the the kind of the cog in the wheel that, that started the business the the fries family business he started was, was with my mum yeah my mum and him in south africa together yeah. in our kitchen in durban and uh and it it grew organically from there um i started i, I went to university got a marketing degree and then joined the business straight away. That would have been in 1998. So that's a long time ago, 20 years now. Started the, the marketing department, which there wasn't one. And my dad, he wasn't a big, you know, marketing fan. He said, you know, you, you actually, I think you should just run the warehouse for me. So I sat in a warehouse with a mop cap and gumboots and <laughs> smelling of burger patties all day. Um and that was my start at yeah. Fries. You must have done something right. So from, you know, going to uni, get your marketing degree, starting to work with a bit. And now it's a global brand. 
That's a global brand. Yeah. We supply um, over 30 countries worldwide, Coles, Woolies, IGAs, all the independents locally here, Organica, yeah. um, a lot of the health stores. Um, yeah, so we're a global business that started in our kitchen. Yeah. Before we, we get to, to you and your family coming to Australia, though, am I right, while you were still in South Africa, you were, again, you know, like I said, when I looked at your resume to start with, in, involved a lot of things. There was a, a program, a tough love program, which dealt with women that had been um, uh, victims of, of a domestic violence situation. That, that started in South Africa? That actually started here. I ran a karate school from my school days started as a school project, an entrepreneur project at school, and I started teaching karate. I'd, I'd done it for, started at the age of four. So I, I was already, you know, competing for South Africa, my country by that stage. And, um, and in fact, I think that was the year 1997 where I won the Junior World Championship. So I, I thought it would be good to pass on that knowledge to my, my friends, especially in South Africa where it's a very, you know, there's a, there is crime there, yeah. and um, we we do face as South Africans we have faced a lot of adversity in that you know in that side of of things. Um, so I wanted to help people to be able to protect themselves. When I came to Noosa, I, I continued my karate journey here, and I thought, why not teach people? Because in in Australia, women are also exposed to violence. I mean, I think one they say one in three women mm. are exposed to violence in in her lifetime. One one in three girls. So, nurse is very protected. But what happens when you leave the Shire? <laughs> you yeah. know, you, what happens when you go to Bali or Thailand? So True. I started so what, teaching girls here. So what was the goal? It was to arm women with the skills to fend off an attack or, or someone that yeah. would, had violent intentions? Um, yeah. Is that what it Improve was? Improve your awareness, yeah. um, give you a little bit of confidence. I think a, a short-term course, that's, that's the best that's going to give you some confidence and some very basic skills. Those courses were generating income to fund similar courses in South Africa where the numbers were a lot greater. So yeah. I could run one course here and maybe run a course over there for 200 women and offer it for free there, you know, in and the Is that townships. what you did? I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And how many, is that still ongoing? Because people in Noosa don't have this fear for their life, it's very difficult to get people to see the necessity for girls to learn self-defense. They don't feel that it's not a priority. They have life, they have. They go to life, they do life skills, they learn about health, but they never, ever, ever arm themselves with any kind of skill at all to defend themselves because we live, we live in, we living here. Yeah. Um, they live. They, they believe they live a in a safe of Western society. Safe Western society. It's probably not going to happen to me, but it might. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there wasn't the demand that I would have liked to continue running the program. And I'm always open to doing it. Um, I'd love to do it. It's one of my passions. So you included some some interesting facts and just some interesting tidbits about your life in the email that you sent through. Back to your health and the kind of lifestyle that you live. Do you still suffer from bad migraines? I do. I'm one of those girls, one of those people. And what's the cause for you? Um, for me, it's. I think it's. I've done research because when you when you have chronic illness, you tend to really research it. So I've I very actually viewed it in a very positive way that it's really given me a lot of time to learn and improve my knowledge. I get them maybe once or twice a month. I think from what I can fathom, they're yeah. hormonal. Um, How debilitating are they? Are you like oh, laid out yeah. in bed? Yeah. For a person that's very busy, that's like 
That's yeah. the worst thing that can happen. And how do you me. treat yourself? What do you? Is it meditation? Is it? I, I, I do don't medit- ima- Yeah, I've done a lot of things. So I've actually changed a lot about. I've been doing a heavy metal detox, which I think has improved because the last six weeks I've haven't had a migraine. So I'm hoping and and actually watch the space because I'll write a blog post once I've figured it out. <laughs> what's that involved? And it's not listening to Black Sabbath or anything like that. But what's a what's a heavy metal detox involved? So heavy metal detox. I've been doing. Um, a large amount of organic greens and fruit um, and a celery juice every morning. So I drink pure celery juice in the morning. I'm also including some foods which I know are very helpful for heavy metal detox, like um, wild But Can I ask a question? And, and it might be really naive. How would you have them considering the kind of lifestyle and the diet that you that you live by or, or, or eat? How how do you get heavy metals inside? Like, am I is that heavy, a silly, is that no, a silly question? No, no, heavy metals come. I mean, you know, we've lived in Africa. We could have got heavy metals from the water pipes. Right. It okay. can carry down through. Okay. It can carry down through your through your genetics, so you can carry them from history. You know, right. yeah, ancestors, not ancestors, grandparents, great yeah, grandparents. Okay. So you can, and there's so many different ways. I mean, our food is, our food today is, it's it's sad to say it, but I think that it's not what it was. So we're getting a lot of things that we shouldn't be getting. That's overloading our bodies. We have to figure ways of reducing that load so that we can stay healthy and for our immune system to be doing the job it's supposed to be doing and not having to cope with all this extra stuff that it's having to cope with. Yeah, heavy metal detox is good. I do intermittent fasting. Um, obviously, is that I like follow- that five and two diet? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, five and two. Or I mean, people do it in different ways. Some people will fast a whole day. Some people fast for two days. Some people yeah. will do five and two. Some people fast until 12 every day. So there's a there's I know. There's of, variations of there's that. There's variations of it, but I I tend to um, two or three days a week, depending on my schedule. Um, I, I'll fast, you know, from five o'clock the day before till probably lunchtime. And yeah. by then, and I'm training, so I, I feel for me that's the time I need to start having a juice. You know, I start off with a juice, maybe a smoothie, yeah. and then I go into my evening. For people that, that don't understand the benefits of a, of a five and two diet, and I remember seeing, and I did it for a period of time, a documentary by a guy called Michael Mosley from the BBC. Is it all about stem rejuvenation? Is that what what, what the fasting diet um, does to your body? Yeah, so if, if anybody follows Tyler Tolman or Don Tolman's work, um, it's fascinating, their work, um, they... Their philosophy is that you you should fast longer term, so not just you know a half a day. I don't think that gives you enough for stem cell rejuvenation. But if you do you know a one week fast, just on water, nothing else, just on water, as the fat breaks down, the stem cells are released. Um, it's a form of ketosis, but don't get me wrong, it's not food induced ketosis. Food induced keto- ketosis does something totally different. It doesn't create that stem cell reaction. It has to be water. Fasting, water only fasting. And then, yeah, you do do that. You do stem cell. And they've seen, I mean, some of the case studies are fascinating. They've seen people cure incurable disease on fasting. So I think there's something in it. I'm mm. not saying I'm the guru of it. Yeah. I don't, I, I've just researched it and I, and I believe in it. So It's about longevity too, isn't it? They, they, longevity, um, yeah, rejuvenates your, your cells. They see cell vitality increase. So you can go from like being a 50-year-old to having a 20-year-old cell vitality if you do a 30-day fast on yeah. water. So th- there's Sorry, definitely- say that again, 30-day fast. 30-day fast, people what? do it just on water. water. Yeah. Man, I wouldn't be able to survive. And they see people don't, I mean, they don't die. <laughs> you know, oh, they, no, no, they're, they're fine. They lose die. a lot of weight. They look like the guys that come off Survivor. <laughs> What's, can you just, just talk me through that? What's happening to your body? Healing. 
In, yeah. in, in how? In what way? Because ways? you're not it, using your energy. I mean, what we do is we eat like six, seven times a day and then we snack in between that. So what happens is our body is constantly using energy for digestion. Most people are not even eating good seven meals. You know, they're eating meats, which is really difficult to digest. We know it takes two weeks, one to two weeks to digest any piece of meat that you eat. So you're sitting there digesting. That's why if you see a lion in the bush, it catches food, it eats food, and it sleeps for days. It's mm. digesting. So dairy, they mix dairy and fruit, which a whole host of other problems. Um, and your body's just trying to deal with us the whole time. So there's no time for healing. There's no time for healing. There's time for digestion. There's no time for healing. And and these fasts give you time to just heal. Mm. You know. And they say the great gurus, the great teachers, Jesus Christ did it. You know, he went forty days. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of people have done this, and 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 I think um, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I'm oh, not so you saying ne- you've never done it. I've never done no, it. Right. No, no, I've never you, done it. You mentioned while well, you were talking that about uh, mixing, you know, the fruit and dairy, and you said, ah, oh, that's an absolute no-no. Yeah. What happens? Uh, so no more strawberries and ice cream for me. Oh, you can do it from time <laughs> to time, John. <laughs> Life is not meant to be a life of suffering, right? <laughs> you know. But, but what do those two things together do? It What's reacts the in your gut, and it and it, the the dairy curdles, and the, yeah. the fruit doesn't break. You know, you should just if you're eating fruit, just fruit. If you're having a smoothie, yeah. use coconut milk or coconut water with the smoothie. You don't need dairy in there. Hmm. It does no. It doesn't add any benefits to you at all. When and how did you become so knowledgeable on? This kind of dietary, I imagine, well, it's a lifetime of dedication to study and research. Is that what you do? And being an athlete, yeah. I, I wanted to know more about how I could perform better as a as an athlete. Um, my husband and I are very passionate about nutrition. Um, we've been in a food business, yeah. producing food yeah. for millions of people to eat. So we had to do a lot of research on the ingredients sure. that we use. We only choose those ingredients based on what we ourselves would eat. So we don't buy food. We don't buy ingredients and put them in our food that we wouldn't give to our own children. That that makes our, di- our business very different from other businesses out there. Um, so, yeah, we're very fussy about that. And, and I guess it's just a passion, like I said to you, a purpose, Yeah, I guess. And I, and I, I want to... I want to help people to, yeah. to see how you can heal and how you can feel so much better. I see it all the time. I see. I do workshops on plant-based nutrition and um, or the transition to more plant-based. I'm not asking people to go vegan tomorrow, but yeah, because you talked about um, being a flexitarian. Yeah, you're talking about just either Mondays are meat-free Mondays or yes. things like that. Yeah, to help people what uh, be introduced. Concept. Yeah, yeah. Just give it a go. I mean, the thing is, you, you, you don't know until you've tried. People say to me, I'm really healthy. I eat meat. So I was like, have you ever tried anything else? How would you know? Yeah. How would you know what like real health is if you haven't tried? How do you know what fasting's like if you haven't tried? I mean, I think it's important to try and feel the results for yourself. And you see people who go on to a plant-based diet for 30 days, their life changes, John. Their skin change. I mean, you just their their training gets better. They feel lighter. They're going to the loo every day. I mean, there's so many things that go away, and that's just in a month. Imagine what's happening over twenty years. Yeah, was it a carjacking or a or a a hostage situation? What was South Africa? What was that story? Um, I was traveling back from Karate one evening after training. It was about eight p.m. Yeah, how long ago? Just before we left, maybe eight months before we left South Africa. And um, we we have these we had these huge 
humps by our school, the school down the street. So I, I had like quite a low car and I had to slow right down for these huge humps. And um, I had, it, it's almost surreal. Um, there was a guy in front of my vehicle with a, a gun pointed at me and a guy from the side with a gun wrapped in cloth. You by yourself? I was by myself. Yeah. It was about 8 p.m. at night. And um, I had visualized, you know, you teach visualization in self-defense. I had visualized what would I do? in the situation and I would I had always thought okay if it happens I hit the accelerator if it happens I hit the accelerator so I just hit the accelerator as hard as I could <laughs> so um I hit the bump really hard but I thought I'd hit the guy in front of me and I kept driving um and in my rear view mirror I saw them run away so I mean I was one of the lucky ones there was you know everyone knows someone in yeah. South Africa that's had some kind of uh, it's a violent culture where you grew up, and yeah, that kind of that, that happens often. Yeah, yeah, the culture's different. W- was that the catalyst for all of you leaving? No, no, or, no. But, but um, just the the the. You know, we make food for a very conscious group of people, people that are transitioning, flexitarians, maybe vegetarian, maybe vegans, and um, in South Africa, the the problems are, you know, there's people starving, and now you're talking about the rights of a cow, you know. And it, it doesn't all like it, it doesn't resonate as well with that society. And I think coming over here, we also wanted to grow our business here. We saw a great opportunity. We'd been in the country for 18 years where our products had. So we wanted to come here, support that. We wanted to join a group of people that had the same kind of feeling as us, you know, the same kind of uh, consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why here uh, as opposed to Byron Bay or a business hub like Sydney or Melbourne? Why Noosa? Um, Queensland, because our visa required it. So Queen, it was Queensland. Um, Noosa, I, I don't know. We got in the vehicle. We arrived here. Twelve of us. We drove up to Caloundra. It was very quiet there. Everything was, you know, everything was closed by seven or six. And we said, oh, no, we're going to have to. We carried on up north, saw some great surf. We all surf. And we were sold, you know. Yeah. We stayed. Now, the business is, is operated uh, out of Noosa as well? Um, yeah. So we have our, our, our international team um, is here in Sunshine Beach. Our offices are in Sunshine Beach. and um, But our main team is in South Africa. Yeah. What uh, future goals for the business do you have? We want to manufacture here. We would like to produce our food in this country. Yeah. So we're working on that. Yeah. What kind of hurdles or challenges are you, you're looking at? To get to, to make sure that happens, um, some of other family members don't have permanent residency yet, so we're still in the processing time. So we need to get that first, and then we can start pr- uh, looking into producing, building a factory, and producing food here that we can supply the rest of the world from Australia. How many kids do you have? I've got two boys yeah. at Good Shepherd. What do they want to do? Or they're still my, too young? No, no, they, they're very, they've decided. <laughs> so my nine-year-old wants to be a professional surfer or a professional soccer player. Good on as, him. As you do when you're nine. <laughs> um, and and he's, he thinks he's going he's, he's, he, he to do it. He's very confident. Um, and my six-year-old wants to save the coral oh, reef. They are, they are young. They, they don't know what he, they want to do. He that. knows what he wants to do. He wants to save the coral reef at the, on the Great Barrier Reef. The Great Barrier Reef. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be a marine biologist. Yeah. He's wanted to do that since he was three, four. And do, do the kids eat what you guys eat? What mum and dad eats? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our kids are... Um, I have a slightly different philosophy with my children. Maybe get a bit of criticism from, um, you know, from very strict vegans, but... For me, um, it's their life and they need to make the choices. But I'm very – they have all the truth. 
I've explained to them exactly the process of dairy. Yeah. I've explained to them that the cruelty involved in that industry. I've explained to them the process of uh, slaughter, much like you would take your kids to see a strawberry being picked. My children know what it, it is when an animal is slaughtered. Mm. Um, but in the home, they eat what we eat. Outside of the home, then they make their own choices. Mm. So if we go out for a pizza and I choose not to have cheese on my pizza, but they want cheese on that day, they have it. And then, and and then I'm, I'm hoping that they you know follow suit and kind yeah. of follow our way but it's their life well I think that's a good way of doing it especially when you're talking about kids and if especially parents have one idea about the direction I think kids still need to choose um, irrespective of the diet religion whatever yeah uh, are they compassionate kids do, do oh. they when you talk to them about the cruelty of the animals yeah. and that kind of do, do they get it do they understand what, yeah especially uh, my youngest yeah he is very sensitive um if he sees somebody fishing he we actually saw a trawler up at Double Island, and I was quite upset about it. I thought, you know, they shouldn't be fishing at Double Island. It's like a sanctuary, a marine sanctuary. And uh, he cried for an hour. He couldn't stop crying. He actually, he kept asking for the fish police. Can I call the fish police? Can I stop them? Can I call the fish police? So I called the sea shepherds because I do know them. Yeah. And I said, guys, where are you? There's a trawler out at Double Island. But what was happening? Um, Were they breaking the law? Like, did I not across all the laws and rules? Um, and I'm not sure. Not, yeah. I, I can't answer. I'm not sure what, who it was. It, it, it was just out beyond, you know. Out, quite far out, so I couldn't see exactly what it was, but they were trawling. Tammy, I really appreciate you coming in and um, and sharing some of your life story and your journey and your travel and your business ideas and that. Um, all the very best with the business. And, Thank you. Um, thanks for coming in and having thanks, a chat. Thanks, John. Thanks for the opportunity. Tammy Fry was my guest today. Conversations in Noosa. I hope you enjoyed that. Please feel free to share it about on social media channels with your friends and family. And rate the pod if you uh, listen via Spotify, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher or Wooshka. Remember, there are two fresh podcasts every week on our In Noosa Magazine website, innoosamagazine.com.au forward slash conversations. Until next time, take care.